0: man. It's always a pleasure
1: to be around you, Nate. Wow, thank you. I, I'm uh, blushing. Uh, thanks, man. It's good. It's good to, to, to finally uh, see you and uh, talk to you, even though it's not in person. But I'm I'm happy to to you know finally, uh, like I said, man. Kind of get
2: yeah. And that's the start of the show. I'm Howie Howard from 3. Mr. <laughs> Furious Records. This is the Long Play Listening Party. Uh, that's my co-host, Nate Holt, and our guest uh, this week for the next uh, month, actually. It's Ebony Simon month on the long play listening party. <laughs> Guess, you may know him as Lefty Grove uh, from the hip-hop or producer Guinness. But, uh, yeah, we're going to listen to a couple records and have some fun. Um, I'm definitely I don't know-
0: looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, let's just, and let's just go ahead and get started. I, I uh, threw myself off with uh, not doing my usual intro. But so, tiny, tiny intro. Uh, we're going to listen to my new sampler based album. I don't know what else to call it. It's called Frog on the King's Head. I put it out under my MS Ride. That's all my solo, whatever. Um, and it's available right now at Mr. Furious Records.bandcamp. Dot .com can, can I ask a question, Harry? And I'm You absolutely can. And I actually I want to ask Ebony a question too cuz he's heard okay. it, I think. Yeah. Uh
1: okay. MS, what's that indicate?
2: Uh it's a, it's a little ambiguous. It uh reminds me of the MS20, my favorite synthesizer.
1: Okay, I can get that.
2: Um oh. it's side also- compression it's the it's there's a mid side which could no, be mid-side compression mid side whatever mid side anything in audio recording you know it's the abbreviation for miz so there's like a tiny little gender bending element interpretation to it that's possible I like that i like that um it can mean a lot of things i, I mean that's a question i was going to ask as well okay cool so well, that's pretty cool i'm glad we got it out of the way i'm going to kick right off right with Cold Fusion. Old heads. And, uh... I mean, to get us started, Ebony, I just wanted to ask, like... So I'm going to say kind of what genre I think this is, but before I do, I kind of want to hear what... If you had to put this in a genre, this album, what would you put it in? The album or song by song? The album, overall. Uh... I would put
0: it under like if I was putting this on like digitally like on Apple Music. Yeah. I think the first thing I would put it under is electronic. Okay. But then when they ask for a subgenre, I would probably put alternative for the first subgenre. And for the second I would put hip hop. Okay. Just because it kinda it it goes it there's a very broad spectrum of music that you do on this project. And like this particular song, Cold Fusion, the bassline is a lot like what we talked about the last time we talked. It's very Brit poppy, like just the way it comes off funky, but you can still kind of rock out to it and kind of dance to it at the same time, uh, a la you know Franz Ferdinand type stuff in that in that area of music. Yeah, that that was the first thing I thought when that bassline came up because that's. Like a, I'm a big I'm a big baseline person, mm-hmm. so if the baseline's funky, I'm gonna rock with it for the most part. And this is just one of those things where like when it all came together, I was like, damn, I'm gonna listen to this and I'm gonna nod out and I'm gonna put other people on
2: this. So it's, a, it's yeah, cool. a good start. It's a good start to the record. Yeah, well, if the bassline is moving you, then my goal in life is accomplished. This song started with the baseline. Uh, it was all about the bassline and just everything else is just reasons to keep the bassline going for four minutes, you know? Yeah. Um, before I get too far, though, I'd, so I, I would not put this on Apple Music for the genre or anything, but when I finished the record and was thinking about, well, how, what am I going to call it? What I call it in my own brain is actually trip hop because it, it's a real like massive attack sort of producer forward pull in whatever vocals you need no rules kind of thing and i know it i'm not saying that to a lot of people cuz it, it it on the surface it's very different from that yeah. but that's that's where i think it sort of lives spiritually i can see that too the drums the drums
0: definitely the drums definitely give it that feel like that's the one thing that especially about trip-hop, the thing that I noticed about trip-hop is that they really do their thing with, like, the drums. The samples are there, but the drums carry everything in trip-hop. So I do, I I get where you're coming from on that, too. That's, I I I never would have thought of that without, like, another point of view on it, you know, especially from, like, the person who made the music, so...
2: Yeah, but with your producer brain, I knew you'd, you're, like, the one... Of the few people who i knew would get that when i said it
0: yeah it's not i like it's not the uh it's not like the hardcore trip hop but it is definitely like the laid back calming you don't necessarily yeah. need lyrics over this level of trip hop
2: so let's go back yeah, to Funk- funkatron does anybody know what video game this is uh referencing Take that as a no. This is a Toe Jam and Earl. Oh my god. <laughs> that's Era. one of the
0: few. That's one of the few games I never really got into, so I don't. So
2: j- toe Jam and Earl run a mission to get back to their home planet of Funkatron. Huh. <laughs> so I, like I cut was- you off, Nate. Nate, you had a question. Yeah, it
1: I was just—we uh, were talking about the trip hop, like the laid-back trip hop, and I was thinking of like Head or, you know, uh, I don't know, Sneaker Pimps for that. Consider that in that sneaker genre somewhere. Be, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: zero seven. Uh, technically.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, zero seven, I think, is maybe what I was trying to look for. But yeah, uh, that's it. We're, we're, we're not gonna—we're moving for it.
0: I think, I, and also, like, on a side note for that, I think that 07 is one of the most underrated groups in trip-hop because Portishead did everything so well that people just hmm. forgot about the rest of these groups, and, like, the whole genre got kind of left behind because Portishead did Portishead and Dummy, and, like, in a three-year span, they just basically perfected the style and then kind of killed it. So, like, all these other <laughs> groups that came out... We're Just kind of sidebars, you know, astronauts, asteroid galaxy, George, first,
1: like, like, no one else can do this like us. Never, never expected that to happen, right? <laughs> but this one, I they know, I have,
0: yeah, I have no uh, I have no recollection of Toe Jam and Earl as like a game, so this one mm-hmm. was just nice and funky.
2: What platform? I played it on uh, my friend Nick King's Sega Genesis. Was that about the era? That's that? the era. Mid-90s, maybe, maybe 96, 97, something like that. I mean, I feel like I've heard
1: the that- the word spoken, Toe, Jam, and Earl, but I don't remember any sort of video game or anything. Uh, you uh, you
2: basically wander around and collect items um, to reassemble your spaceship. It's very chill. It's a very laid back game. No, I, I, I
1: probably would have liked it.
2: Sounds like something I would have been into. Probably so. It's so uh, maybe Zelda-ish. You know, you're you're, you're, you're on a mission. Yeah. Yeah, there's a connection to Zelda for sure. I was also oh, I gonna. I was I also I gonna. Mean, some, of the, some of the Sonic. Uh, sorry, I mean. No, some some
1: of the Sonic, uh, the textures in this one sorta
2: of, uh, are, you know, reference back to. Yeah, that's totally it. So the, the main sample here comes off the Medusa synthesizer, and totally the end of that line kind of sounded like Mario coins to me so that just got my brain going for video games and as far as what to do with the vocals all right Ebony what's up
0: uh, I was gonna say like a side note on this particular song is that the uh, the synth bass is very very like underground West Coast rap very uh, not necessarily like the bigger producers like the Dre's or anything like that, but I'm talking about like the Fred Rex and the Battle Cats and the Dame Funks and like those guys, like the guys that like the rappers, rappers, tra- rapper kind of guy, kind of producers. Cool. So there's a lot of there's a lot of West Coast production from like the early '90s that kind of sounds like this because they were really big into the synth sounds that EPMD was putting out. So that's kind of like. A basis for it and that kind of rem- that's what this song kind of reminded me of
2: awesome I'll take that all day long I don't remember anything about the patch Um, I do remember I can't when I came up with the idea I didn't have a great way to demo it I was I was tapping it out on the Medusa's uh, pad which is not laid out like a normal keyboard it's an eight by eight pad yeah. And, you know, so I only, I didn't know what piano notes it was. I only knew the pattern of the squares on the pad. And I didn't want to forget. And so I just, I had my headphones plugged into the synth and I just stuffed uh, my iPad into the headphones and played and recorded like a voice memo. So there's this very thin, like tinny demo of this riff. That then I, I recreated and sequenced up and everything, but the demo was really rough.
1: Had You you mentioned this one before in some, maybe on a, another show or a conversation we had or something, I think. Back to Funkatron? No, the, the way that you uh, created it. Like you had to recreate, or well, I mean, it's kind of your emo though. <laughs> you, I think there's been a couple times you were like, "Yeah, I, I came up with something but I couldn't remember it or something," so I just kind of had to go back and redo it
2: uh, mainly. Probably, yeah. I forget stuff if I don't if I don't capture it in the moment, it's gone. So I do a lot of voice memos and like quick and dirty iPad recordings and just whatever to. To get It can be super rough, and that will trigger my memory, and I'll be able to get back to the original idea and feeling. But if I don't get something down in the moment, it's usually lost.
0: I'm the exact same way. I am literally the exact same way. And to the point where some of the beats that I've even made have been beats that I've started and then got busy doing something else, came back to it and had to scrap it and start it all over again and ended up making something different out of the exact same things. Because like, once I get into a zone mode, I want to get it done. So that way I don't have to worry about it. But if something happens or I get started late or something happens where I have to stop, then I always come back and either scrap it or just start it all the way back over again and re-chop it. So,
1: man, it's so like, I don't know, especially uh, as of late and maybe, you know, I'm hoping that it's just kind of a, something that um you know developed just out of i because I, I feel like i've I've been more consistently just like playing and and listening and, and everything but just yeah, i'll wake up in the day and i'll have you know throughout the day i'll have like four or five or six just like different melodies or you know chord changes and and ideas that uh i think they're just like they're fleeting I'm like, man, you know, if, if, if I had a clone that could just like record all those ideas every day that I'm like in my head, like I'd have like a backlog of, of all these <laughs> different do, types do, of songs and stuff.
2: Do you capture them in any way? Uh, occasionally I will, uh, uh, uh
1: voice memo and, yeah. um, and I've, I've worked off of that a little bit, but it's like, and I just want to go in and like, just. Record these songs. Or record these melodies. Record this verse or this this course. Uh, you know that I'm thinking, and and, and uh, you know that's the way it goes. But yeah, I, uh, I, I Ebony, I'm I, like you. Like if if I'm if I start something, like I might start something with the intention of making it, you know, X, but then I come back to it, and then just the path it takes, like, this goes to like you know B. You know what I mean? Like it's just. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just doesn't end up the way that you're you want it. and that's not a bad thing necessarily but but it's the, i definitely feel that for sure
0: yeah i also have started to notice that i have this weird way of like compartmentalizing in my brain and then just scribbling something down and then i'll find it like six months later on the back of a receipt, and i'll be like oh that's that idea i was looking for and then i try and execute that idea and it's like that was a stupid idea, but it was good six months ago. You know, <laughs> like uh, it's it's kind of it's it's cool, but it's frustrating because I know I had something that I wanted to do, but then I just said, "eh, let's do something else." You
1: know. Well, then I'll be working on something. and, like you know, after, you know, after you hear something so many times, you're just like, you know, eh. And it's like uh, I was so excited like two hours ago. Yeah, and I wish I could, you know. And maybe that means it's bad, or maybe it just means like you know, will will go to slow, go too slow, but
0: yeah, I I'm starting to think more like baseball being at bat when it comes to music now than I was about getting hits. Like in a certain aspect, baseball is a game of failure. So the small victories that you have are the hits and the stolen bases and the home runs and the walks, you know, stuff like that. But it doesn't happen that often, you know, like, What is it? Barry Bonds has hit what seven hundred and fifty-five home runs, but he played for twenty years. You know, Mm. like it's a small. I like that,
1: man. That's really good.
0: I like Like that. The highest batting average in the Baseball Hall of Fame is Ty Cobb at three sixty-seven. Think about that. Thirty. Yeah, thirty-three percent. It's a failing grade on any test you take. It's a failing grade on any test you take. So, like, when you think about anything that you do as either something you love or something that you want to do as a career, you definitely have to realize that you're going to have way more failures and successes. So, you know, it's kind of the reason that I don't like to put out full albums when it comes to like music anymore, because if I give you five or six songs, you can skip through three or four of them and I'll be cool with that, but I don't want to give you 12 songs and then have you only listen to like three or four. So how about you take these five songs. You like these five songs. It's 12 minutes of your time or however long it's going to be. Just take that 12 minutes. Give it to me for a moment. Tell your friends to take that moment as well. And then go from there because people aren't doing albums anymore. And the people that are doing albums, it's a very small niche market for the people who want that. But in a general stance of things, the way the world works, my album will come out on Tuesday you're going to forget about it by Friday. yeah. But you will have heard it Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. And if it picks up momentum, then maybe you hear it over the weekend or maybe somebody plays it for you over the weekend. But like a series of failures with small successes is how I look at music now instead of like everything's got to be a hit or everything's got to hit. And I have to do this and I have to do that. Now I appreciate it more, especially being that I'm very, very isolated away from all of the people, most of the people that I was in collaboration with and doing creative things with in Lawrence and like in that area, Kansas City Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And now that I'm down here by myself, I have to look at that like, okay, you are the only person that's really motivating you down here. And you don't have all that motivation all of the time. So when you have that motivation, make sure that you use it and create as much as you can, and then go back and sift through it and what you like is what someone else may like. And if I have the may like part of it down, then you're going to get that music. You know what I
1: mean? That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a big thing and a big, um, it seems like a sort of, a just, and, uh, a, a thought that I've, I've heard, you know, talked about with other people and, um, and, and, you know, including my own, you know, in, in my own, you know, creating on my own. It's like the only thing we should really worry about is if you like it. Because, and I don't think that I have, you know, some, you know, world-class taste in music. You know, I know what I like, I know what I don't like. I have a pretty objective idea of what is good or not, but that's always... I mean, somebody, there's always going to be somebody that's like, no, that's trash. Yeah. If you like it, <laughs> if you enjoy it, if you can get into it, then you know that's 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 how it should be. That if it's something where you're just like, yeah, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, you know, this radio station will, will play it because it's this, you know, that's probably not going to be something that you're going to be into and you're probably not going to get a lot of people that are into it either just because it's not, you don't have your... No, you're not behind it. Um,
2: yeah, there's no, there's no. You're not invested good, in it. Nothing good comes from chasing other people's tastes. That's for right. sure. Whew, so man, so I would have expl- told me that 15 years ago. <laughs> well, I wish I could. I wish I'd go back and tell myself. But you know, these. Well, are the I things. mean,
1: that's the. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you know, I just said with old heads, and you know, that's something that I wish i had really kind of taken to heart when I was in my 20s. You know, or yeah. teens even. Like I wish I had told everybody I went to high school with, man. it's I got. Let me do my thing. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Instead of worrying about,
2: hopefully, all the Zoomers that listen to the podcast will, will learn a few years earlier than we did. Yeah, all, all the. I've been, yeah. I've been waiting. I want to explain this one to you guys because there's a there's a concept behind it. We're going to listen to Time Organ. So the sample, the main sample for this is the organ sample that comes from my own song um, from the Fight Songs album called Time I Would Spend. And I gave my. This is the first song I did for the record, and it's a weird one. And and I gave myself a little mission. So there's this awesome video, um, by a dude called uh, Jay Filt on the Very Sick Beats channel, where he explains the Jay Dilla. Dilla would take songs in six eight time, and flip them into four four, in a really really cool way. And he demonstrates it. And that's a super fun thing to do. I gave myself the challenge of doing the opposite, taking a song in four, four and flipping it into six, eight. And, uh, this is what happened. It also has, um, the first like real improvised guitar solo I've ever put on record is in this song.
0: Yeah. I was actually going to ask how much Of these projects, how many of these did you
2: do instrumentation for? I mean, almost everything. Um, I'm I'm looking through the list now. Uh, The the horns in Digital Sin are from a project, a song I was on, but I didn't play the horns myself. Uh, My friend Scott did that. And then the Nighthawk track is a track that Drew, Drew did, the drums and the main synthesizers. That will appear on a different project of his someday. And he sent it to me for an overdub, which I did and sent back to him. And that's not something you hear on this project. For this project, when we get to Nighthawk, I started with the original, like half, two-thirds finished track that he sent me, and like fleshed it out in a different way. Um, but al- almost everything else is me nice. sampling myself and playing instruments. Singing? Yep.
0: It's like uh, it's very, uh, it's very Al Green produces Tom Waits. <laughs>
1: Yes. Dude, I almost like. A, I want to say there's. A, dare I say there's some some Prince
2: sort of it? Oh, in God. Live? Extremely lo fi. Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> I respect Prince too much. Well, I respect
1: Prince too. I, I'm not saying yeah. that he's a purple rain or anything. Uh, and it Good. shouldn't be but yeah no uh, don't say that but, but uh, <laughs> i don't know what it is uh, i don't know if it's uh maybe that i was well let me tell you so organ in there uh, you know, here's the connection maybe a, on the guitar solo right. at
2: least yeah is that the guitar i i feel a lot of emotion in prince's guitar solos and i I tried to put a lot of emotion and feeling into this one. It's not a lot of notes, you know, and I can't, like, shred or anything. But I tried to find something that conveyed something. I mean, music is a feeling and
0: you definitely put a feeling in this one. So that's that's dope. uh, I think the notes I had was uh, very very Al Green on the drums because if you go back and listen to a song like For the Good Times it has a lot of that feeling of those drums mm-hmm. so that's where I got the Al Green part of it from that's and then cool. everything else I was thinking along the lines of like uh, <laughs> I happened to bond a bunch of CDs from a friend of mine that I started to use for sampling and one of them was uh, David Gray and yeah i don't know exactly why that was the first name that came to mind when i heard this song but this sounds a lot like something that david gray would have like done and produced as well in a more not necessarily slicker fashion but just like polished
2: for his sound type of things is he the white ladder album was his big album yeah am i thinking of the right artist okay
0: But yeah that's that's kind of the thought process like that and on top of that your mixing skills are very very immaculate because this all nothing sounds out of place and i cool. know that that sounds super weird like we we know what we're talking about and when i say that you know and a lot of people may not be like as into music as we are so they might hear me say that and go, is he like dissing him or anything like that? It's like, no, no. That's not what it is. It's just that like people like us who have spent years in studios and years on stage and years in crowd and keep headphones on generally like you can tell when somebody has put their time into doing something and I like the way that you put the sounds together and that you mix these in so nothing is overwhelming. You know especially as a person coming from an orchestra background like me everything has to fit you know and it it fits in a certain way and i like the way that you do it on this on this project like the way you produce it and master it it's pretty solid so, yeah i mean I, the longer
1: that's uh me that, uh, uh, that you know you know howie and i i mean the show was uh you know was born from our you know an album that we made together, yeah. and at the time, you know, it was just kind of like, hey, you want to mix it, you want to mix it, whatever, you mix all master, Um, and as time goes by, and I hear the music that Howie puts out, that you put out, Howie, I guess if you're here, I can talk to you. (laughs) Uh, I'm right here, man. I'm I'm more and more uh, 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 honored, and I guess, yeah, that you... Uh, let me mix that record.
2: Oh man, you were the you were the right person to mix that for sure. I it's only very recently that I've started to feel okay about my mixing. It really started with the Howie and Scott Beaver voice record, where okay. I was finally like, okay, the is the mixing is finally happening, kind of. And then doing it all in the four four is kind of a different. I haven't yeah, even I said so this whole 90s. album was produced on the 404 Mark II um nice now I I'm not above if something needs a little processing I will bounce a stem out do something in Reaper and bring it back in or whatever I'm not like a purist but 95% of everything and all the patterns and grab effects and everything just is awesome. all 404 Mark II that's awesome that's pretty. That's super dope.
0: Like I'm still, I'm still over here trying to figure out how to work this Axiom Twenty Five. So, I mean, I think I'm doing all right with this, but at the same time, like I, I feel like I need a lot more work. So, like that you could do all of this on one machine and have it come out like this is very impressive and it gives me motivation to keep learning my instruments
2: so i love the 404 workflow i've really i don't know it puts me in a different brain space than rock and whatever where i love the like committing like printing your effects and um there's something about it that reminds me of recording on four track tape And just like having to, you just have to do it, you just have to perform, and um, yeah. Something really fun about that. Very first one one of these days, man, I'm gonna pick an instrument and make a record
1: using just that instrument. One of these days,
2: I highly recommend it.
0: This also makes me wanna start working on guitar again. I got a bunch of guitars and I never sit down with them, but. I think I need to start incorporating some guitar into my stuff too. That I've been. Uh, it's been started.
2: so fun. I did, and I did not expect how much guitar. There's a ton of guitar on this record, and I didn't plan that going in. That just happened. That, um, you know, I'd usually have like a main sample or a bass line or both, and it just kind of seemed very natural. Like, oh, what does this need? Like this song, you know, the little kind of reggae sort of upchucks, and then there's a little noodly, you know, lead line. And it, um, working on the sampler brought completely different things out of my guitar playing than I've ever done in any other context. Like, as a, I'd never played a solo, like a real solo until the previous song, um, I'm not much of a lead player like i'm a rhythm guitarist for the most part but something yeah. about this i guess maybe it's just having the pressure off of all you need is like you just need the sample right you just need yeah those those four notes or those six seconds or whatever yep and i there's some of that and then there's also some song like the time organ there's a layer of guitar that like goes through the whole it's a whole i just played for three minutes you know and it's simple stuff and it's background stuff but but there's a layer that's just like all the way through. Um, and that's really fun too.
0: Yeah. Man, I just...
1: like playing through. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Abby.
0: No, I was going to say that was just farewell. My lovely, right? That
2: was farewell. Was that my lovely.
0: Still... Okay.
2: Um, do you have any notes that you wanted to hit on it? Uh, I was going to say the guitars
0: are very Johnny Greenwood. Hmm. And the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole vibe overall is very like early Tame Impala or okay. maybe even, maybe even like couch. I don't know. I don't know if you've heard of couch. They're a, they're like the, the nineties slash two thousands version of, of can they're just a German experimental rock group.
2: Okay. So I need but, to, on my checkout list is going uh zero seven and couch.
1: Yeah. Show notes,
2: show notes. Yeah. I don't have uh, so farewell, my lovely. I don't have too much to say about it. It's my favorite, just like groove on the record. I could listen to that loop forever. Yeah, um, and the lyrics come from a Raymond Chandler novel. Uh, Corey, who's who raps on the next song, got me really into Raymond Chandler mystery novels um, last summer uh, when I was working on a lot of this stuff and and writing it. And so it's a total. Total Raymond Chandler um thing. All right. Digital. Yeah. Oh man, we could talk. We can talk so much Raymond Chandler if you want. Um Digital Sin, this is like the full-on hip-hop track featuring Van Ripper, aka Corey Kibler, horns by Scott Morris. doing i will have uh three videos coming on the mr furious channel um doing my kind of step through format where i like play every individual sample and then the patterns to kind of talk about how it all got put together and i did those for time organ this song digital sin and uh basement champagne
1: Consciousness. I'm a self-aware droid, never This song,
0: uh, have you heard 12 Ways to Die?
1: Capsule, yeah, uh, Not
0: that I recall. It's, uh, the live, it's the live band Ghostface album that he does with okay. Adrian Young. Okay. Who is the guy that did the soundtrack for uh, Luke Cage, like the background soundtrack. Yeah. But he does uh, full band instrumental hip hop. And he does, and uh, another guy named uh, L L Michaels. Uh, it's L Michaels or L Michelle, I forget. But uh, L Michaels affair. He does uh, Enter the 37 Chamber, which is just instrumental versions of the Wu Tang. Enter the Wu Tang. All right. And then just does the, puts the vocals back over him. And that's that's the vibe I get from this song. Is that like live instrumentation, hip hop, full band, like everybody's involved.
2: Yeah, and this was really. This was really. I don't remember where the drum samples came from. It'll be in the Mr. Furious video. But, like, bassline was live, guitar was live, horns. I mean, we're live in the song that I sampled them from. So, yeah, no sense in this song. This is, again, uh, going back
1: to uh, maybe some of that script pop. Cool.
2: Yeah, yeah kind
1: of does. I like that.
2: I love how uh, I love how Corey raps like back in his throat, kind of. That's a new timbre for him, and I really hope he'll do more of it. Oh, just like more of a normal speaking voice. Yeah, he's usually a little higher up, a little more in his head and like projecting, and yeah, I really love this. I gotta get a shout this out to uh, my,
1: my boy, uh. Now when I jump on Joe. Uh. Man, the I'm such
2: um, a bad guy. Joe, man? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, uh.
1: God damn, man. Why am I. How uh, Joe, man? Joe Wire, yeah. Yeah, those horns, man. They, they, ring they, ring they, they uh, And man, I think and of him I and his, some the of the stuff that he he produces and puts out uh, when I hear those horns. It's got that just... Maybe it's just because it's horns, but, um... Yeah, man, it, it's, it's sort of, uh... You know, Rocksteady, reggae, Afrobeat type of stuff, but the horns... Uh, that horn, those horn lines are are, are are kind of reminding me of that. Yeah, Joe's Joe's got. Sorry, a Sorry, Joe, five. man. I'm sorry, Joe. I <laughs> <forgot that. laughs> we got that. Yeah. space <laughs> nice man. I don't know. Joe uh, was he's, my he's next door neighbor when I first awesome moved dude, to Lawrence. Man. Love. He's my he's a bro, man. He's a bro. Yeah, so.
0: he was my next door neighbor when I first moved to Lawrence in 2000. So me oh, and Joe we go man.
1: way back. Man, that 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 was uh, the Jose Ph stage, man. Jose PH
0: and random happenings in that big house at 1301.
2: That Kentucky. Big, yep, yep, man, man.
0: Just so many house parties and jam sessions. Like, I'm I love you. A
1: shirtless show. I was about to call him a shirtless show if I could. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> man, yeah,
2: super old. Yeah, that song like, was
1: fresh, man. How right. are that, that was Thank super you. fresh.
2: I want to add. So the horns came since we're talking about the horns they came from an acoustic cover of Goldfinger's song Miles Away um which is a weird thing what? to do yeah Wow. so I'll uh, I mean I'll send it to you guys Dude, if you amazing. have That's <laughs> amazing. So um Scott and I like early early ish pandemic did like the stay at home acoustic, you know, video on two screens kind of, kind of thing. And we did, I think six of our old songs. And then if you buy the, uh, the EP on Bandcamp, it's called an evening at home with Howie and Scott. Uh, we did this miles away cover cause way back in the day, I mean, Ebony. So this is my, my first band was an acoustic duo that, I started with my friend Scott in high school. I played acoustic guitar. He played saxophone. And we kept that going all through college. And and but we started off just doing covers and going to coffee shops and stuff. And then we, we got into writing our own music. But yeah, we would do like punk tons of punk covers, acoustic. And that was one of them. We loved Goldfinger and like going to and from when we'd play and we'd be driving to Omaha or whatever. We listened to Goldfinger in the car constantly. Huge
0: goldfinger now, are you, fans. Are you talking about Goldfinger the punk band or goldfinger yes. the bond soundtrack?
2: The punk band.
0: Okay, okay. Because when you first say goldfinger, I was like, wait, that's on the James Bond soundtrack? Oh so no. I was, like I think Dr. No and Sean Connery when I hear Goldfinger, I never think of the punk band, but
2: they are yeah, no, that's because that's because you're classy. <laughs> I think of the punk band. <laughs> but yeah, he Scott arranged this really cool like semi-Latin kind of kind of breakdown. And that's where I pulled the horns from. I was going to ask him to do something original, and I was like, ah, let me just, let me take one swing at, going back to the baseball metaphor, let me take one swing at just pulling something. And I found it. It definitely so. worked. Cool. Cool, cool. Quick break. Uh, you guys don't go anywhere. Listeners will let you go. Side to you next week. It's been the Long Play Listening Party frog on the king's head is at mr furious Bandcamp.com and we'll see you next week peace